Welcome to Star Wars Age of Rebellion. This is an RPG Storytime presentation of a campaign played over several years utilizing all three Star Wars role-playing books by Fantasy Flight Games. This is a grand campaign where everything you hear was decided by players in an epic-scale role-playing and strategy game, then turned into this production that tells the story one chapter at a time with occasional explanations of game mechanics. The episodes are shorter than most gaming podcasts because each session is summarized in the form of a story much like an audiobook. It begins with a small band of agents played by a few role players. As the rebel cell grows, more players are brought in to take on the roles of other operatives heading out on other missions and taking part in various battles. Every choice affects the direction of the story, both for the characters on the mission and for the overall story arc. And the ultimate fate of the Juvex and Senex sectors is up to them. While recovering in the medbay of the frigate at new coordinates within Thull's Shroud, General Cloudman reviewed data from their attacks and intelligence throughout the sector. The rebels had been effective, causing so much havoc that the Empire was shifting resources from neighboring sectors into theirs. The Alliance fleet would be making their attack soon, so Cloudman had one last chance to punch the Empire in the nose hard enough to cause them to send larger reinforcements from the Model sector, where Indor was located. The General chose Corsanza an important industrial world for Imperial forces in the Juvex sector. The planet's rings provided enormous amounts of ores and minerals, while indentured prisoners on the planet's surface melted them into whatever the Empire needed. Damaging these facilities would give them the black eye necessary to call in major reinforcements. He thus planned a three-pronged assault. Their capital ships would engage the One Star Destroyer and its support ships in the orbit, and guard against the counterattack. Their fighters would raid the planet's rings, destroying their resource depots, and the ground assault would take out their primary base where operations were coordinated. As the troops prepared their attack, Jarn tried one last time to reach his comrades who had gone missing. He reached out to Valina through the Force. Her skills at reaching out through the Force were the best of all of them, and should make her the easiest to reach. But he could not find her. He could not even feel her anymore. As for Elor, he had no idea where she was. He had run straight to the Juvex rebels in hopes to find her among them, but she had left them as well, and now he could not sense her either. The last time he had connected with her, he had felt a great darkness building around her. The last time he had connected with her, he had felt a great darkness building around her. Whether it was shrouding her or building up from within, Jarn did not know, but he felt it was of the utmost importance to reach her. Despite having no access to the Crystal Cave anymore, Jarn tried one more time to reach out through the forest to her. He could not. The transport was nearly loaded, and he needed to go join the army. The capital ships engaged the Star Destroyer, and the fighters set about destroying the mining stations within the rings of the planet. With the Imperial forces thus engaged, the rebel army landed. Small Imperial bases sat ahead to the right and left of the landing pad. These were their objectives. Between the rebels and these points was volcanic rock with cracks in the ground where lava flowed and steam rose. Rebel troops headed toward the base on the left. Battle droids from House Draco pushed down the center with cover from ATRT walkers from House Kellerman. And freed slaves, including some Wookiees, pushed up the right flank. Jarn was aboard a land speeder rushing along the right. They came upon two speeder bikes flying full speed toward them from the opposite side. They fired back and forth. The rebels destroyed one of the bikes, but the remaining bike got solid hits on the land speeder, which spun out of control. Jarn leaped out of the speeder and brought his lightsaber down on the second bike's front tail. It also spun out of control and crashed into a large boulder. 
Jarn found himself at the edge of the platform, which led to the entrance of one of the bases. A horde of stormtroopers and what appeared to be flame troopers were on one side of him, and ex-slave Wookiees were on the other side. The Wookiees were charging, and were likely to be burned to a crisp by a flamethrower and blaster bolts, so Jarn used the force to throw heavy objects scattered about the rebel Imperials. He then leaped into action with his lightsaber, slicing apart their weapons first, then killing their weapons bearers. The entire melee took several minutes as the Imperials kept coming with more and more reinforcements. Jarn could hear more and more chaos throughout the battlefield, including bigger and bigger guns. He felt the ground shake, and he looked up to see an Adat stepping closer. An ATST was already on the field bearing down on the rebels in the center. They were taking heavy losses and doing little to the Imperials. Through his earpiece, he heard reports from the fighters and the capital ships as well. Traps had been laid for all of them, as though the Imperials had known they were coming. Everyone was doing their best to get out, and Cloudman was calling for a retreat back to the transports. But Jarn felt a dark presence from inside the base he was near. There was something he needed to find. He encouraged the Wookiees to return, but he approached the iron door. It slid open. Inside was a fairly large room from the scant amount of useful items within it. There were consoles along the walls, and one in the center. Next to the computer in the middle of the room was Rixar Traun, standing peacefully with seemingly no agenda. It was as if there was no battle happening outside. Greetings, Jarn Katarn, Rixar said. We have been expecting you. Jarn stepped inside and used the force to close the blast door behind him. The two men circled the table. I'm here to destroy your work, Jarn said determined. Like you did on Deminol, Rixar said. I was through with it. I'm done with all experimentation. We're moving on to the next phase. Distribution. The Empire won't last long enough. Empire! Who needs the Empire? Rixar said, laughing, as he came to a stop. Empires and republics, they all come and go, my friend, he said. But the Force, that is forever. You're nothing but a pretender, Rixar, Jarn said. Oh, I am far more than you will ever know. Rixar said, and much to Jarn's surprise, he turned off his light whip. You see, I earned my powers. You did nothing but be born with them. Now I suppose you're going to tell me I should join you, Jarn said sarcastically. Rixar cackled again. Oh no, I wish I could, I truly do. You would make a fine subject or a wonderful donor, but I'm afraid I owe someone a favor. The piercing sound of a lightsaber turning on came from Jarn's left. He twisted his head and saw the same woman he had fought on Deminol standing there, posed to fight, holding out her red light whip, rage filling her eyes, just waiting for permission to go with Jarn. This is Silas, my champion student. You see, you murdered her sister. You may think you took away one of my servitors, but you really improved one I already had threefold. Rixar paused a moment, then stepped back as he did. And now your death will prove her worth. That was the cue she was waiting for, and she rushed at Jarn, leaping in the air and whipping. When he ducked under it, she twirled and whipped at his feet, but he jumped over it. She wound the whip around her so when he hit the ground and charged at her, his saber was bounced off. She then unwound her whip and snapped at him. He leaped over the swing. He tried to get a strike in, 
but she twisted at the speed of a tornado and swung again. He limboed underneath it and spun into place. His lightsaber wielded perpendicular above his head. Silas was winding up her whip again. Jarn had a moment to act. Knowing that at this point in the windup it was near impossible to get through, he instead used his force pull ability to yank a computer console out of the wall. Once it was free, he used its momentum to throw it at Silas. She was about ready to strike, so when the console came at her, she split it in half and ducked under one of the halves. The pieces landed against the opposite wall. Her momentum gone, this was the time for Jarn to strike. He leaped at Silas, swinging down on her. She swiped her wrist, whipping his saber. It forced his saber to fall back and he twisted to bring it down on her again. She whipped it away again. However, she was close enough now that the momentum of the whip was reduced. The third time he came down on her might get through. Then suddenly his blue saber was met with a green saber and they clashed in a blinding white hiss. Jarn looked at her in the eyes and said, There is more to you. She didn't answer only grunted as she kept his saber locked while she wound up her whip. Jarn continued, There is still hope. Let go of your hate. My hatred makes me powerful, she said with a sneer, and she lashed at him with her whip, first once, then again. He ducked and weaved. He held out his saber to block and her whip wound around it. Now that he was unable to defend, she jabbed with her green saber. He dodged away and punched her in the face. As she was dazed for a moment, he freed his lightsaber. She used her pain to fuel her rage, and she lashed at Jarn over and over again, backing him up with each strike. He at last held his ground, and after she had made a swing with the whip, he swung hard on her lightsaber. The force was so strong, he knocked it from her hand. She pulled it with the force, and he pulled it as well. It landed in Jarn's hand. Now her rage boiled to a whole new level, beyond anything even she had ever experienced. She whipped and punched and kicked. When he tried to use his saber, she locked his arm with hers. He used the martial arts he had learned as a youth to defend himself, but her chaotic fury was hard to counter. Rixar watched with glee. His student was taking it up a level. Jarn did not light her saber. He only reached into it with his mind. When he blocked a blow close to her face, he looked into her eyes. Rage was on the surface, but there was something beyond. Something familiar. She paused, as though his probing her mind brought a moment of confused peace. Then Jarn knew what it was, and what he must do. Rage flooded back into her face, and she broke free of his grasp. Jarn dropped her lightsaber to the ground. Silas force-pushed Jarn backward. He stopped himself from going far with one leg behind his center of gravity. She wound up her whip. Jarn peacefully pointed his lightsaber skyward and closed his eyes. Rixar's eyes shot open. He stepped forward. Silas began her swing her mouth shouting vile fury. No! Rixar shouted. But it was too late. Her whip ripped straight through the midsection of Jarn's cloak. She continued her scream all the way through her whip's follow-through. Then, seeing he was no longer standing, she took a breath. Rixar watched with wide eyes in horror. What have you done? he said. Silas turned off her whip and looked at him confused and ashamed. I finished him. You've not finished him, Rixar said, walking up to the cloak and picking it up. It was empty, save for his lightsaber. Silas looked it over with angry eyes. He teleported? When Rixar did not answer right away, she added, How is that my fault? He did not teleport, my dear Silas. He became one with the Force. What do you mean? she asked. An old Jedi trick, he said. 
I will explain another time. But now we must go. Our time is short, and there is much to do. Rixar took Jarn's lightsaber, and Silas retrieved her own. She paused with it a moment, holding it in her hand while she looked at Jarn's empty cloak. Hurry! Now! Rixar insisted. Silas snapped out of her daze and followed her master to the shuttle. Empires and republics would come and fall, but the Force would be forever. This has been an RPG Storytime presentation of Age of Rebellion. Join us next week to hear what happens next. If you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!